Hey guys, before we get into the podcast, be sure to check out our Discord and YouTube channel. You can also email us suggestions at thefeministcritiquepodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter. My handle is at South of Grace. And mine is at Ajlene's with an S. That's A-I-S-L-E-N-E-S. You can also follow us on Twitter, The Feminist Critique Podcast. And those updates are at Feminist Pod. Thanks again and enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to our podcast. I'm Ajlene. And I'm Gracie. This is a podcast where we talk about a movie, we put it to both feminist and inclusive tests, and then we ask the most important question of them all, is the movie good? And today we're doing female-led sci-fi, second week in a row, and we're doing Alien, which is groundbreaking, amazing, and awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not being facetious, even though I know I kind of sound like it. Um, so I'll run through and then give you the stats, and then we'll talk about this movie. So this uh, movie came out in 1979, has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 97% critical, 94% audience. Budget was $11 million. U.S. gross for box office was about $203 million, but it made about half a billion world wa- worldwide. It was directed by Ridley Scott, who's known for things like Gladiator, (laughs) G.I. Jane, Kingdom of Heaven, and Exodus Gods and Kings. That movie about Egyptian gods that stars white people. Yeah, aren't we doing a whole... We're going to do a whole month of just his movies at some point? Mm, Yeah, at some point. Next year we're doing Roland Emmerich, but I think the year after that we might do Ridley. Oh, for some reason I thought it was him that we're... Oh, no, that was because we were doing epic months. Whatever. Yeah. Also, just so you know, they are making a Gladiator 2. What? Why? 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 I mean... I don't know. The movie wasn't... It's not that good. Like, looking back on it, it, it's kind of like Titanic for me, right? Like, I was, I enjoyed it the first time I watched it. It doesn't have really good playback value. Like, it's good the first time, but then the second time, not so much. Plus, it's pretty fucking over, uh, overacted in a lot of parts, especially by Joaquin Phoenix. (laughs) We thought that was, like, the greatest movie ever, though, at that time. Yeah, it's. Are you not entertained? But that's the thing. Like, Ridley Scott <laughs> has done so many movies over the years that, like... Yeah. You, you just... Like, you na- na- name a few and you're like, oh, shit, that was him? Holy fuck. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was written by Dan O'Bannon and Ronald Shusset, who both worked on Total Recall and Alien vs. Predator and Prometheus, which is a sequel or prequel to the Alien movies. Um... Uh, Major cast, there's only uh, eight people, but I only listed um, five. Uh, And that's because they were names that I recognized. Uh, Sigourney Weaver plays Ripley. She's known for Holes and Galaxy Quest, Avatar, Working Girl, which we covered earlier this year. Tom Skerritt plays Dallas. He's been in Contact, Top Gun, Smoke Smoke Signals. Veronica Cartwright plays Lambert. She was in The Birds and Bosch. 
Uh, I recognized her as the main lady from that Hitchcock w- film. The w- Birds, wait, which... Bosch Bosch? Like... Yeah, Bosch, the TV show that Are... our mutual friend will not shut the fuck up about. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, yeah. He will not shut the fuck up about that fucking show. He loves it so much. He's like, best show ever. I love the books. I love the fucking show. It's like, shut the... You should watch it. You should like, watch it. Shut the it. fuck up. I don't want... Like, it, it sounds boring to me, but like... I don't like crime serial dramas. Yeah. I really don't. But he does. That's fine. Uh, Harry Dean Stanton plays Brett, known for The Green Mile, uh, Twin Peaks, Big Love. John Hurt plays Kane. He's known for Doctor Who, Merlin. He was in History of the World Part 1. Yeah, so. he's been in a lot yeah. of stuff. If there is... Dragon Yeah, Heart. if there's anything... Uh, like, John Hurt is one of those actors that has legit just been in fucking everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, including voice acting. He's done so much voice acting. Just ignore that, you guys. You're gonna hear my phone go off because I didn't turn it off. That's okay. I think my cat's Um, screaming in the background, so. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I can hear your chair squeaking. Yep, there she is. Fucking awesome. Will not shut the fuck up. Hi. You gotta get some WD-40 on that chair. I'm sorry. I'm moving soon, so by the time (laughs) this comes out... This comes out, you'll be moving. uh, Well... You'll be moving. Yeah, I'll be, like, (laughs) at least on my way to uh, getting the fuck out of Alberta and going back to Nova Scotia, so... Yep. Noise. Noise. All right. You can watch that show. So... I want to say before we start talking about the movie that I thought that I, I remember watching an alien movie when I was younger and it was one with Bill Paxton. So when Ashley said we were doing sci-fi month, I was like, oh shit. Yeah. I love that movie with Bill Paxton. That was the sequel. I've never seen the original. <laughs> I was so sad because I wanted to do the game over man thing. I wanted to do the bit. Was not able to do that. No, we got bits for this, so. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's uh, let's dive in, <laughs> shall we? Yep. <laughs> um, so it starts off. Uh, it talks about the commercial space tug, which is uh, Nostromo, Nostromo, whatever. Nostromo. Yeah. And it's uh, on a return trip to Earth with seven members. Uh, They are just getting out of their sleeping pods, and they're all just like, just waking up. Having a good time. Yeah, they're all just feeling sleepy and, you know, getting up very slowly and stretching and, you know. We see John Hurt, who is John Hurt, but a younger version of him, and we've only ever seen him as an old man. It's true. So I was like, oh, hey, it's John Hurt. (laughs) He legit has the same voice, though, like... I guess old man voice. So, yeah, <laughs> he's got a great narrator. He really voice. does. Um. So yeah, we we kind of see the crew getting along with each other and uh, you know, going over the systems and stuff. And while they're trying to figure out where the fuck they are, they realize that they're not in the solar system they're supposed to be in. And there's this signal that's come from another ship. And they don't know exactly what it is because it's not in a language that they understand. 
So they have Mother, which is the motherboard of the ship, trying to figure that out. Well, the protocol is, is if there's a distress signal, you go to help that ship. Ooh, sorry. You got to help that ship. And um, after they find out where the ship is, they realize it's on this alien planet. And so they land on the alien planet, but they land hard. And they fuck up their ship. So it's going to take about 25 hours to get everything fixed. Now, this movie does not have very big plot. I've gone over the first 20 minutes in two sentences. That's, yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's I can't say that it's a slow movie because it's not. You know what I mean? Like It's suspenseful. Yeah. I, and like pretty much the entire time was me having to stop and go, Gracie, I don't like this. Oh my God, something's going to happen. There's going to be a jump scare. Gracie, cut gr- Oh, Gracie, I'm scared. And then Gracie was just like, shut the fuck up and let's watch the movie. I was not that rude. Thank you. <laughs> no, you said, Ashleen, can you please be quiet and let us watch the movie? All polite and shit. I'm just kidding. She like <laughs> she was scared too. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't like this either. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Like, I'd already read some trivia, so I knew that, like, the alien wasn't going to make its first appearance until almost an hour in. But I was like, fuck, man. Fuck. Fuck. What's going on? Because there are a couple of jump scares. Like, Kane and Dallas and, uh, uh, Lambert all go out of the ship to kind of explore. And they find this other ship that's been abandoned and realize that it's an alien life form. And something had burst out of the alien life form's chest. Then Kane ends up finding this like foggy area that has eggs in it, and oh, you guys, yeah, so gross. It was, so it was gross. pretty gross. Like it was like this oozing sort of like nastiness, and uh, and he's like, "Ooh, what's this?" Fucking Kane like gets the face hugger. Uh, like stuck on his face, right? And he's like, yep. "Fuck!" And then there—that's the part where all of them are like, "Oh shit, we gotta bring him like in, and we have to, you know, bring him to sick bay." And of course, Ripley's like, "Fuck no, nope." Are you fucking nope. kidding? Twenty-four hour quarantine. Yeah. And they're like, "Twenty-four hour." He might quarantine. die, and they're like, "I don't care. Like, shit's gonna happen if we don't do that." And of course, she gets over. Um, Somebody overrides her. Yeah, Ash lets them in. Yeah. Ash lets them in. Because Dallas is the captain and she's second in command. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, while he's not on the ship, she's senior officer. And as senior officer, she's like, fuck no, you're not coming on here. Those are the rules. Mm Mm-hmm. The rules. But nobody listens to her. Ash lets them in. And then they try and get the alien life form off of... Kane, and when they cut it open, it spews acid. Yeah. That's so corrosive, it goes, like, three stories down. Yeah, and they were, like, really afraid that it was gonna, like, breach the actual ship, which luckily doesn't happen, but three stories is quite far. Um, yeah, it's it's bad. And it ate through that one guy's uh, pencil, Brett's pencil. Yeah. Or pen. Poor, 
He's so pissed off too when he gets it. Well, because like, his obviously his mother gave that to him, and like suddenly, you know, here's his fucking pencil, like gone. Like fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. And after this, Ash and Ripley go at it with each other, and Ripley's like, "Listen, dude, you should not have done this, right? You should not have let them in because protocol says, you know, twenty four hour quarantine." And he looks at her and goes, "You do your job." I do mine. Bitch. Yikes. Yeah, I know. It pissed me off. I was like, you asshole. Ugh. And all I'm thinking is Ripley's right. They're all gonna fucking die because he didn't follow the rules. Dems the rules. Okay? Mm -hmm. Dems the rules. Gotta listen to them rules. Uh, Yep. So... Anyway, Kane's in this coma, and there's something down his throat, right? So they can't get it off of him at any, in any way. And things are, you know, fine, whatever. They're still working on fixing the ship. When all of a sudden, Ash comes over the radio and says, you guys need to come up here and see this. And they try and find, like, Kane's no longer enslaved to this thing. His face is, you know, completely free of the alien. He's up. He's wanting something to drink. He's, you know, he's fine. Oh, no, oh, no, no like, it was uh, the first part where they're, um, they're looking. For yeah, the they're thing. looking everywhere in the in the sick bay. Right. And then um, and this was the part that Gracie was like, oh, this is a famous scene. And I'm like, I don't think it is, though. Um, and uh, <laughs> it, it wasn't. wasn't. Um but what ends up happening is the face hugger ends up um like hitting uh Ripley but then they're able to like catch it and it's already dead. yeah it's just reflexing and they're like oh we get to study it cool and it's so fucking gross to look oh, yeah. at i was like this is some kind of fucked up horseshoe crap <laughs> yeah it was pretty gross so uh, but uh, they have something yeah, right so that's when um Kane gets up and he's like, "Man, I'm fucking like hungry. Like, I need fucking something to mow down on, or whatever, right?" And uh, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Well, it's good to see that you know you're you're good and ready to go, and there's nothing wrong with you, right?" And you've got a healthy appetite, so they all go into the place where they normally eat, and things are going good. You know, Lambert cracks a joke about how you know he's eaten for two. And then all of a sudden he just starts choking and turns over and starts convulsing. Mm-hmm. And then the shit starts to, like, his skull, like, no, his chest starts to crack. Yep. And then there's blood boom! everywhere, right? And that boom! and it gets onto Lambert and she's screaming. And then it happens. The fucking alien rips out of his chest and just... <gasps> Is like, ah! I'm sure that's the sound, and then it, and then it goes running off, yeah, and then it, and the, and then it slithered away, yeah, and then he waddled away, yeah, till the very next day, and then that's when, oh my god, I'm sorry, Gracie, I showed I showed my nieces that very that video, and it gets stuck in your head. Wow. Um, that's all the alien wanted, you guys. He just wanted grapes. 
Um, oh my god. Adeline wasn't expecting that. Either were those actors, apparently, so. No. They sure as fuck. Um. So, so, he slithers away until the very next day, as Gracie said. Um, and the rest of them are like, uh, what the fuck are we gonna do? And then they're like, well, Ash, John, John Ash Hurt's now dead, so I guess, you know, they fucking, like, wrap him up, and they're like, okay, let's say a few prayers, but then, like, nobody says anything, and then they just, like, blast him. Down the garbage chute. That's essentially it. It was like, like, they shot him off into space, and I mean, that's how I want my funeral to go, so. Yeah, and Ash's face is priceless, because... Like, when the camera is on him, his eyes are all wide and shit, and Ashlyn goes, he done fucked up. (laughs) Well, like, he really does have, like, that look of, like, oh, fuck. (laughs) What have I done? Yep. Uh So, now they have to find this little piece of shit alien, and so they split up into teams, and they use this, like, technology that can uh, detect... Uh, differences in the molecular air or some shit. I don't know. And one of the scenes that really got me was I watched Supernatural. Or I did. I I watched the first ten seasons and then I kind of tapered off. But one of my favorite episodes is where Dean gets infected with this bite that makes him scared of everything. And in the scene... They're in this dark place, and they hear something scratching around in a locker, and when they open the locker, it's a cat. And Dean screams and then goes, that was scary. Now, in the movie, I can see exactly where they got inspiration for that scene from. Because in the movie, they're searching around, trying to find something, and then they come across this locker, and they hear something in it, and they have the taser ready and the net ready and all that shit. And then they open it, and it's just the cat. And the cat hisses, and they scream, and then they laugh about it. So, good on you, Supernatural. Uh, I finally figured out one of your references. So, uh, the cat is... The cat does quite a bit uh, for this um, entire thing, Uh, but... The cat's the real killer. Yeah, well, I mean... True. Um, but <laughs> don't say that about Jones. He's a sweetheart. Kitty, kitty, kitty. Meow. Listen, Jonesy was nearly in every scene where somebody bit the bullet, is all I'm saying. It's true. Um, the only one where he wasn't was uh, when Dallas bit it. <laughs> so what ends up happening, right, is um, the cat go is like running around and uh the one guy's going after them who was brett brett yeah brett's going after um after the he's the technician and uh yeah and he's going after jonesy yeah and he's like here kitty kitty right and then he's like he gets like scared again and then uh he like sees the cat but then like the cat is hissing and it's because we finally see the alien is behind him. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And it's gross. Yep. 
Yeah, it's no longer this little three, in, you know, like twelve-inch tall little thing. It's it's full-grown black. It's drooling. Got this big-ass head. It gross. Yeah. And Brett dies. But there's no trace of him. No blood. No nothing. So now. They all reconvene together and they're like, all right, we got to figure out how to do this. Dallas goes to the motherboard and starts basically Googling how to kill the fucking alien. Nothing comes up. Yeah. (laughs) Which I have to say, for this movie, the special effects are amazing, but it is hilarious that this movie is supposed to take place in like the 2100s. Yeah. And... (laughs) It's still operating on, like, Macintosh levels. Com- Fucking... Level yeah, it's, it's operating on DOS 1.0. Like, it's got that control panel shit. Like, you have to input different controls. Well, like, I mean, obviously you know, they didn't realize... They didn't realize, you know, the technology that we would have by then, right? And who knows, we might go back uh, a little bit by that point, so... How the fuck was were they supposed to know? But overall, like the the graphics and the cinematography is is really fucking good yeah. for this time period. I mean, this movie it, it it's hard to remember while you're watching it that it was made in 1979. Yeah, it really stands up. Like obviously, there's some green screen that you know is obvious green screen, but the practical effects, the visual effects of the ship docking and undocking and stuff like that. I mean, it's fantastic. Yeah, even like the, the little thing where they had the 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 skin, right? When it shed its skin, mm-hmm. like even that was like it looked pretty realistic. And to think it was only condoms. Hey, you know what? Condoms are scary. <laughs> yeah, to men that don't want to. Yeah, wear exactly. <laughs> wear condoms, oh, boys. Well, if I wear it, it's not gonna. It's not gonna, you know, help me out. It'll decrease my feeling. Oh god! Fuck off, dude. I don't want an STD. Yeah. Not only that, when they're just like, "Oh, I'm too big for a condom." Fuck off, Chad. <laughs> You're not too big for a fucking condom. If you feel like that, get yourself a fucking Magnum to make you feel like you're got a big dick. Jesus. <laughs> I've seen that shit. It's fucking blousy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> nice fake <All> laugh. Right. <laughs> You're like, so, <laughs> so uh, Dallas decides that they they figure out that the alien is moving through the air ducts. So Dallas decides to go into the air ducts to find the alien with a blowtorch, um, and he tells them to close all the hatches behind him. It's a suicide mission. Lambert's the one in charge of tracking the alien. She's doing a pretty good job, and then it disappears off the radar. She starts freaking out, and then it's right on top of Dallas. Dallas has no time to run. He dies. He get eat. Yeah. So, now Ripley's in charge. And she doesn't understand why the science officer, Ash, hasn't found any sort of information on how to kill this son of a bitch. Yeah. And... So she goes to Mother and she overrides the system and manages to find out that the crew is expendable and that the only thing that was required of the mission is to bring back alien life form alive. Yeah, so it turns out Ash is 
an eight. Yeah. And uh, so, of course, she's like, what the fuck? We were expendable. Yeah. Like, it was just about bringing the life form back. Uh, and he's like, yes. yeah, sorry. Like, that's my fucking job. Whatever. And then he tries to kill her. Yes. Uh, and that is when uh. we find out that Ash is actually an android. Dun, dun, dun. Well, that's because there was like that first part where like he had a bit of the milky white sweat and I was like did he get infected with the alien I know that's too? what it, that was my first thought I was like oh he infected with the alien he's fucked right uh, and then yeah. it turns out that's not the case and then like his head's like ripped off and like on the ground and you can kind of tell which is the dummy head and what's the real head right but like the real head part his face was like he's like <laughs> fucking blow he's covered in this white it looks like he just came out of a fucking bukake movie like and then like there's a part where like he like spews it out of his mouth and i'm like oh girl we've all been there (laughs) i thought the rule was swallow don't spit hey you know what i only swallow if you've eaten some pineapples (laughs) i do love you but that's a little bit too much information sorry sorry was that a gross reference it's a little gross you okay oh god nothing is worse than writing out a sex scene with a guy and a role play and he talks about how the dude ate a lot of fruit to make it taste is that like a i actually don't know if that's a thing I don't think that's scientific. <laughs> like, but that's like a thing apparently that if I like, I don't know if this is true because I've never actually tried it out and was like researched it. <laughs> I haven't done experiments on this, uh, but apparently, if you eat, if a guy eats a lot of pineapple, um, it corrodes his tongue. No, uh, it makes his cum taste better. But anyways, so. Um, Ashley's like, this isn't the conversation I was expecting. No, not from this movie. But anyways, Ash just looks like he, you know, is in a porn, which I mean, have at her. Yeah, man. Uh, Bukake is a very popular one. You know what? If that is what makes you feel uh, good is to come all over somebody's face, then um, and if that other person consents to it, it's okay. It is a okay. Have fun. Exactly. Kids. Well, not kids, but Yikes. you get it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there was this movie on like, Netflix. Gracie, we're, go- we're, like, go- we're going on. down a weird hole now. <laughs> Listen, there's this new movie on uh, Netflix called Swiped, and it's about this about uh, this guy that creates an app, and like when they're pushing the app like yeah you should try this app one guy goes even give it to your five-year-old cousin or something and i'm like wait what like it's ad-libbed obviously but it was like what (laughs) what netflix get it together (laughs) also why does netflix think that no think why does netflix think that noah centineo is hot who was that Okay, you've seen um, 
You've seen that movie oh, uh, with the Korean. Oh, yeah. Uh, to all the boys that I loved yeah. before or something. Yeah. That's a yeah, good he's been that's in, a good fucking movie, by the way. He's been in four other Netflix rom-coms. Well, that's because he did so well in that movie that now, like, everybody is, like, all over this kid. And it's like, I mean, he's okay, I guess. But, you know, he's... He, it's a little overkill, you guys. Cute. I mean, but, like, also, he portrays teenagers, so I'm at that point where I'm just like, um, nah, man. Too yeah, I'm too old shit. for this shit. I'm, like, I'm, like, for daddies and stuff. I'm so sorry. <laughs> or, like, you know, yeah, it's so like, funny. 40 and 50-year-olds. It's so, f- it's so funny, because Danny Gonzalez, uh, made a video about it, and he says, I can't tell if Noah Centineo is 15 or 25, because he could look like he's five. It's true. But yeah, he's been in, like, a lot of, like, Netflix movies at this point, but, um... Yeah, Netflix, give him a rest. Yeah. Let him do something else. Yeah. Oh, no, we're gonna see him in, like, serious fucking movies in, like, about five years. I don't think so. You haven't seen his Twitter. Oh, no, I, I heard it's real bad. Like it, <laughs> um, it ain't good <laughs> anyway back on topic uh at this point every single white male has died in this movie i mean that's how life should be right i'm just kidding I'm not... um so now they decide they've got to self-destruct the ship so parker and lambert go to get some shit they have seven minutes and uh, Ripley is getting the shuttle ready to depart, and then she's like, oh shit, my cat. Yeah. And he's... And so she's looking <laughs> She's looking for the cat. Parker and Lambert are getting their shit together. Well, the, yeah, they're getting the and, coolant, right? Um, so that yeah. the ship will have, like, air supply or something, or, like, won't mm-hmm. overheat. So, yeah. that's happening. And then Ripley is doing what basically all of us would have done. She is looking for the cat because the cat is still alive and little Meow Meow has got to fucking live, okay? It's a cat. You're right. I I was fucking rooting for the cat the entire time. I was like... (laughs) Ashley's like, don't let this be Mars Attack where the animal dies. (laughs) That movie scarred me for life and that's not even a fucking joke, okay? (laughs) It's really not. Like, I can still... To tell you how scarred I am, I can still visually see when they shoot the golden retriever and it turns into bones and then falls to the floor. I can see it as clear as day in my mind's eye. And I, when I watched that movie, I was like nine. I was young too. I saw that movie when it first came out when I was eight. And you have to remember, this is a campy, like supposed to be a funny movie. You know what? Right. (laughs) But that, that movie horrifying. horrified me as a child to the point that I couldn't sleep for weeks after watching it because I thought aliens were going to come and attack the world. And I still have this weird internal fear that aliens are going to come and attack the world despite the fact that I don't actually really believe in aliens. Okay, like I'm not going to go and storm Area 51. Is that going to happen by now? I don't know. But anyways, I don't know. I think it's supposed to happen in September, which like it's just going to be a bunch of like dumbass kids uh, going and getting arrested by the government. But anyways, um, 
Yeah. No, like, still scares me to this day. Like, even the thought of, like, that there's, you know, other life forms. So I like to, like, not think about it. All because of Mars Attacks. That's fair. That's fair. At least you're not on, uh, you know, <laughs> the History Channel talking about how every ancient thing that ever happened was because aliens. Oh my god. I will, like, never fucking forget the one time I decided to watch Ancient Aliens thinking... <laughs> I'm going to give it a chance. I'm going to see what this is all about. And I fucking watched it. And guess what it was about? Fucking ancient aliens. But not really. It was about Nazis and aliens. And I was like, really, History Channel? That's all you fucking have are Nazis and alien and weird shit. Okay? I want to see some real fucking history. Like the British do it. Hmm. I like British uh, history programming. It's like actually good and informative. Yeah, but what's so what's so sad is like History Channel used to be the go to place for good documentaries about historical things. But now it's Pawn Stars. But now I go to PBS or BBC. It's true. Like that's all that's where you actually go now. But I would like to go back to the day when it wasn't just Pawn Stars and and Ice Road Truckers and Vikings. And what was that other show that's like real popular? Oh, um counting no the ken burns effects uh ken burns like documentaries which are just basically pictures that they make move a little bit he has a whole fucking series it's uh, like it's old pictures and then there's like an effect where he like he like cuts out the part of it so it looks like it's more real and it's now called the ken's ken burns effect Interesting. I mean, Ken Burns does really great documentaries for PBS, but I've never heard of this thing that you're talking about. Well, no, it's like, it's an actual effect that he does, and it's called that, and I know that because uh, I had a teacher who was really into it and taught us how to do it on uh, Adobe Edition. Or not Adobe Edition, the other one, Premiere. Interesting. Yeah, so I could do it, but I'm just not gonna. Yeah, that's fine. Um... (laughs) So back to the movie. Uh, things go to shit. Parker and Lambert are getting the coolant, and then all of a sudden the alien is there, and Lambert won't fucking move out of the way, and Parker decides to go all ham on the son of a bitch, and he dies, and then Lambert is screaming her head off, and then she dies, and Ripley finds their bloodied bodies. And now she's like, fuck, get the cat get back to the ship get the cat get back to the ship except she runs into the alien on her way back to the shuttle and so she's already uh put into place that uh self-destruct mode and she's like fuck that thing is on here i need to undo the self-destruct mode and it doesn't work and she's like fuck so she she had also abandoned the cat in the hallway and i thought for sure that the alien was gonna fucking eat the cat but it doesn't Um, so she grabs the kitten, and she gets on the shuttle, and she manages to get out of there in the nick of time. And things are going good, you know? She lets Jonesy out, like, they've survived. Yes. Until... And then she... And then she walks over to look at some wiring, and when she touches it, she realizes it's not wiring. It's actually the alien. It somehow got into the escape pod... Um, oh, by the way, she's, like, at this point, in only her underwear, 
and a tank top because a guy directed this. So <laughs> pretty much. Um so anyway, the alien is asleep. So she sneaks into the closet, puts on a cosmonaut suit, um gets all suited up, and then you know, the cat the cat is in the sleeping chamber, so it's safe. Mm-hmm. So then she walks over and she starts pressing some buttons and stuff. And basically it turns on where the alien is and it starts to fry him. So she then opens the back hatch and all of the air is being sucked out. And then the alien kind of flies out and she shoots it and it manages to, you know, like go off into space. But she's attached this latch thing to it. She slams the gate shut and then reels him in, turns on the blasters fries his ass and kills him and then that's it she's won the alien has died yeah and so then it ends uh with her explaining what had happened and that um she uh that everybody except for her uh had died on the minute on the mission uh and that you know it's gonna take her six weeks to to arrive back home get within yeah. range um, so then we see her uh, go into the pod and uh, and sleep. And that's that. That's the end of the movie, you yep. guys. Two hour movie, and we summarized it in half an hour. You should be so proud I mean, of us. yeah, although we did go off on some tangents, because <laughs> you should know us by now. This is just what we do. Yeah, so, I mean... What's great about this movie is, despite us being able to summarize it so quickly, is that the tension is never-ending. You feel very claustrophobic. You feel like you're in danger. And a lot of the times, it's very silent. Like, there's no music or anything. A lot of times, music is used in thrillers to be very atmospheric. But there's none of that in here. And I think it works to the advantage of the film to not have that atmospheric music in. Unless action is happening. Yeah. Like, when they're walking around trying to find... There's no, like, shark theme from Jaws. It's just silence and their footsteps. Yeah, and I think that was what scared me the most with this movie. Is the fact that they did use that silence. Because you were like, oh, something's gonna fucking happen. Something's gonna fucking happen. Uh, Just the entire time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, are you okay? You yeah. tired? Yeah, I'm good. I'm very tired. I've had a long day. I decided it was, you know, 84 degrees Fahrenheit. I was like, oh, I'll just go out and wash my car because it's only been 110 for the past week. Yeah, and now I've got a migraine from the heat. It's fantastic. Um, so, let's talk about some trivia, shall yes. we? The one thing we definitely want to talk about is the chestburster sequence. Uh, John Hurt stuck his head and shoulders and arms through a hole in the mesh table, linking up with a mechanical torso that was packed with compressed air to create the forceful exit of the alien. And lots and lots of animal guts. The rest of the cast were not told that real blood and guts were going to be used. Oh, I didn't know so that it was real. a genuine reaction of shock and disgust. Apparently, this worked so well that Yafet Koto, who played Parker, 
went home in complete shock afterwards, locking himself in a room and refusing to talk to his wife for several hours. The chest bursting scene was also filmed in one take with four cameras. Yeah, that was... That was gross as Oh, shit. yeah, it was horrifying to, like, to watch. Yeah. And you're just like... And, and, and that's the thing, like, those are real re- reactions. Yeah, like, they weren't expecting that blood to splatter on them. They thought, you know, After Effects or corn syrup or something Mm -hmm. nope real guts um so the dead face hugger that ash uh autopsies was actually made of fresh shellfish four oysters and a sheep kidney to recreate like the internal organs yeah 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 um i got a couple of things uh harrison ford was originally uh touted for the role of Captain Dallas, but he turned it down. And it's funny that we mentioned Harrison Ford, not only because he later worked in a film called Working Girl with Sigourney Weaver, but also that Ridley Scott cites Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope and 2001 A Space Odyssey for their depiction of outer space, as well as the Texas Chainsaw Massacre for its treatment of horror. Mm-hmm. So... He cites Star Wars Episode uh, 4, which came out the year before this. Or two yeah, years before two this. two years. Right? Like, he had he had just um, started production of this movie, and he was like, yeah, I fucking like it. 2001 A Space Odyssey, which is this great Stanley Kubrick film. Um, and then Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which was this sleeper uh, indie film about uh, basically a play on Ed Gein. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's interesting. Ashley, you got any more? Um, no, because I know you have a bunch of them. I do. Um, so, the shredded condoms were used to create tendons, uh, the, the shedded stuff, and the slime that we see was actually KY jelly. Sexy. So, uh, lots of se- lots of sex products. I mean... It's a wonder that, uh, Ash wasn't covered in real cum. <laughs> Carl. (laughs) You said I was gross. Just kidding. Mm. Uh, There were actually sex scenes between Dallas and Ripley scripted. um, Because how do you solve that long period of abstinence, right? Cut. Uh, Tom Skerritt later said that he discussed the necessity of the scene with director Ridley Scott thinking it added nothing to the narrative and only interrupted the flow of the movie scott agreed and the sex scene was ultimately not filmed but he revived the idea of crew members having casual sex for prometheus which came out a few years ago Mm. um the original cut of this movie was a lot bloodier but because of the negative reactions by test audiences who are amazing by the way which you'll find out in next week's episode since we already (laughs) did that one uh the possibility of an X rating, scenes in violence, scenes with violence and gore were cut down. Some outtakes that can be seen in making of documentaries show longer and bloodier versions of the chest burster, chest burster scene and Brett's death scene. Uh, so the original cut of this movie ran three hours and twelve minutes. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I have is that in the original script by Dan O'Bannon and Ronald Shissett, 
The names of the characters were Standard, Robbie, Brossard, Melkinus, Hunter, and Faust, and there was no Ash. Walter Hill and David Geiler hated the names and changed them multiple times during revisions, and they finally settled on Dallas, Ripley, Kane, Lambert, Parker, Brett, and added Ash. The script um, was meant for the characters to all be unisex, meaning they could be cast with men or women. Consequently, all of the characters are only referred to by last name, and few gender-specific pronouns were corrected after casting. However, Shisset and O'Bannon never thought of casting Ripley as a woman. So, very, very progressive sort of filming for a sci-fi movie from the 70s. Yeah. That's the last thing I have. I think that's all... Yeah, Yeah, I don't really have anything... um, Anything else to kind of add... I mean, there's, like, some long trivia parts, but, you know. Nah, I think we covered the basic stuff, yeah. right? Um, so, I guess we should do tests. Now, uh, it's going to be very simple. Our first test is the Bechdel test. A, uh, named female characters on screen alone talking about something other than a man. This doesn't necessarily happen between Lambert and... And uh, and Ripley. Well, I think they do. Uh, they do talk about something, right? They're talking about Dallas oh. or Brett, so it doesn't pass. Um, and then we have the racial Bechdel test: two people of color on screen alone talking about something other than a white person. Parker's the only person of color, uh, so this is yeah. a fail. And then we have the Macomori test: a female character whose story arc isn't based on pushing a male narrative forward. Um, everybody's out for themselves, including Ripley and Lambert. They're just trying to survive, so it's a pass. Then you have the Duvernay test, which is a person of color whose storyline isn't about pushing a white narrative forward. Again, Parker's just trying to save his own ass, so I'm going to give it a pass. Uh, sexy lamp test. Can you replace a named female character with a sexy lamp and it not take away from the plot? I don't think you could replace Lambert... Or Ripley. No. So, it's a pass. And then, Vito Russo test. Someone who is GSRM, which is gender, sexuality, or romantic minority presenting, who is not just a stereotype of whatever they're presenting, um, who have agency, who matter to the plot. There's none of that in this movie, so it's a fail. Now, the big question is, do I think this film is feminist? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, I I would believe so too cuz um it's the fact that the, you know they made a female character that was fleshed out and didn't have to be a woman, you know what I mean? And the fact that, like yeah. she was just a character. It didn't fucking matter what her gender was. So, not at all. I think that was pretty feminist of the movie. Um I also like the fact that it was kind of blind casting, right? Anybody could play any part. And for a movie that came out in the late 70s, it's just like I told Ageline, like if this movie was made today with the same exact cast, Ridley Scott would be called an SJW cuck for pushing women and a black guy into roles that they shouldn't be in. It's pretty fucking evident by how they treat the Star Wars stuff. Because there's people of color in the Star Wars movies now. 
there are more women, and apparently that's bad. Well, yeah, like, don't you know that women can't survive in space because they get their menstruations and then they would, like, sync up and, like, go crazy during their certain time of the month. So, like, we just can't have women in space. Only dudes. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I, I definitely think that this movie is feminist. Very progressive for its time. Love it. Do I think this movie is good? Absolutely. It's a very good thriller. Not very gory, not very scary. Very good thriller, though. It does have a couple of jump scares that'll really get you, especially if you turn your volume up and you're not saying, oh my god, what's gonna happen? Yeah. But But they're there. So all in all, very feminist, very good. Yeah, I really enjoyed this movie, uh, and I hate horror, so yeah. I kind of now want to watch the yeah. second movie, because I hear that one's good, but... Oh, yeah, that's the one I've watched before, and I'm probably going to watch it after this podcast. No, you know what so, I'm fucking uh, watching after this? I'm watching Detective Pikachu. Yeah. Aww, that's so cute. <laughs> I've been dying to watch <laughs> it. Alrighty, so uh, we're going to let you guys go. Next week we're going to be doing The Stepford Wives. Uh, we've already recorded that episode where Ashley talks about how we're going to record Aliens. <laughs> so just ignore that bit when you get hey, to Hey, I didn't know. I felt like we were going to change it and like all this shit. So, yep. Yeah. Anyways, so uh, no links. See you guys oh, yeah, next okay. week. Bye. Bye.